you're here, you're watching online, I declare it to you. You're, there's a miracle in your life today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I don't know. Maybe you don't need a miracle. I, I sure could use a miracle in my life. Hallelujah. 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 God has never spoken something that he didn't perform. Amen. Matter of fact, whenever God inspired different men throughout time, amen, when his word is spoken, he honors his spoken word. Amen. He wants to pour out blessings. He wants to give you a miracle in your life today. Amen. He wants to prove himself to you. Amen. Amen. For those of you that don't know and maybe you're watching online, uh, I'm A.J. Dubbin. I'm the lead pastor here at the Crossroads, and I want to welcome each and every one, all of our guests that are here today, and also those of you watching online. Amen. Most, most people will check us out online. Did you know that? Most people check us out online before they actually come. They want to see how crazy we really are. And uh, so if you're watching us online today, we welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, we hope that you'll come see us in person because it's, uh, it's much more fun that way. It just really is. Amen. Amen. I'm going to let you be seated. We're going to read here in just a little bit. But, but I just want to kind of recap real quick. For the past several weeks, we have been in our Look series as part of our Greater Stewardship Campaign. And we are so thankful for those that are choosing to put God first in their time and their talent and in their treasure. And uh, if you haven't finished it yet, I really encourage you, please uh, take some time and finish the book that you were, you were given. Take God at his word. It will revolutionize the way that you look at stewardship in the kingdom of God. So this church is moving forward, right? We have a passion like never before uh, to not store up treasures on earth, but to lay up treasures in heaven. Amen. The Bible says that we need to consider that. Where, where are we putting our treasures? What is it that we truly treasure? We want to lay up treasures in heaven. And we announced it uh, Thursday night at our night of worship. But so far, this church has pledged to give above their tithes and offerings over the next 24 months. They pledged to give $243,418 to our greater campaign. Amen. And we're so thankful for that. And even more will be coming in today because there are a few people who have not yet had a chance to fill out their, uh, their commitment cards, and they will be able to do that. This is kind of a follow-up commitment Sunday for those who are missing, even, and we want to give them an opportunity to do that. But it's not about equal gifts. We can't all give the same thing, but we can all sacrifice, and we can all give something. Amen? And so uh, if we all do our part, God is going to take care of the needs of this church according to his word. Amen? Because he promised, give and it shall be given you. Amen. You, you cannot uh, outgive God today. And so uh, I was reading not too long ago uh, something that I thought some of you might like to know. So I wanted to share a revised version of it with you today. I realize maybe, uh, you know, not everyone here likes their pastor. Uh, so I wanted to share with you some ideas for how to get rid of your pastor. I'm just going to give you five ideas today. The first idea is that during the Sunday message, you need to listen closely and take notes, look at your pastor straight in the eye, and when it's appropriate, agree with the preaching and shout, Amen, or preach that a while. Begin to take seriously uh, and, and take serious efforts to apply the biblical lessons that you learn from the sermons to your life, and in the next six months, your pastor will preach himself to death, I promise you. That's idea number one. 
you still, that doesn't work for you, you want to try something else. Idea number two is pat your pastor on the back, brag on his good points two or three times a month, make a bunch of calls and text or message your friends and your neighbors and tell them about all the good things that, uh, that your pastor is doing and, and how much you like your pastor. And in a little while, so many more people will start coming to your church. You'll have to hire an associate pastor and your senior pastor will be free to leave. So that's idea number two you could put into action. If you don't like your pastor, idea number three is next Sunday in response to the sermon, go forward to the altar and surrender your life completely to Jesus Christ. If you haven't yet, be baptized in Jesus' name and let God fill you with the Holy Ghost and you'll know it because you speak in a language that you've never learned in school before. And then make an appointment with the pastor sometime next week and ask him to give you some job that you could do for the church, preferably Tell him about the lost people you're going to visit with the goal of loving them to Christ. He'll likely die of heart failure on the spot. Still don't, none of those are working for you. Then I have another idea for how to get rid of your pastor. Number four is be a part of the ministry to call on the shut-ins and elderly members of the church and care for the members of the church like never before. And then encourage the pastor, as the early church did in Acts chapter 6, to devote more of his time to prayer and to study of God's word and to sermon preparation. And tell him you want to free him up some more so that uh, you'll take care of the tables if he'll take care of the praying and the ministry of God's word. He'll think the whole congregation has gone completely crazy and he'll start looking for another church immediately. If that doesn't work for you, then the last idea I have for you, idea number five, is Get a whole bunch of the church members to unite in earnest intercessory prayer for the pastor, his ministry, and his family. Participate in the prayer meetings in which you pray for the growth of the church and the blessing of the pastor. The pastor may become so effective in ministry that some larger church will be glad to take him off your hands. One note of caution, though. If you try one of these methods, you might find you don't want to get rid of your pastor after all. So, you know, I don't know. Amen. Well, it's just... Just, just food for thought, just food for thought, you know. Uh, I, I came across this uh, saying, and it's by Lord Kelvin, and uh, it, it says this really simple phrase. It says, when you are face-to-face with a difficulty, you are up against a discovery. When you are face-to-face with a difficulty, you are up against a discovery. So today, I want to preach to you for the next few moments on this simple subject, I'm coming out with my hands up coming out with my hands up. Now, some of you that have been here since before 2007 know I preached this back in 2007. But never fear, it's a different I'm coming out with my hands up message. It's going to be a little different than what you heard it 12 years ago. So if you would, let's stand and we're going to read Acts chapter 16. We're going to read verses uh, 19 through 26 together. And then I'll let you be seated. I won't keep you standing long. Acts 16, verse 19, and it says, And when her masters saw that hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. 
And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Speak into our lives today as we uh, make that decision, that, uh, that, that pressing decision today to come out with our hands up. And God, will give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. One more time, shout amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Paul and Silas were preaching and teaching and doing all the right things and in this text of Scripture, if you go back a few verses, you will see that they were on their way to prayer. They, they, were, they were going to prayer. And as uh, they were going to prayer, this, this, uh, this sorceress came out, this, this person who practiced divination. And she came out and she was mocking and kind of making fun of them. And can I just give you a little side note here? Every time you go to pray, every time that you try to get to prayer to a worship service, to a life group, to anything that's going to be good for you spiritually, the devil's going to do his very best to make it difficult for you. Can, can somebody say amen? Anybody have trouble getting to church today? Come on now. Anytime you're trying to grow spiritually, the devil's going to try to throw every roadblock he can. He's going to try to mock you. He's going to, I'm telling you, he'll use family members. He'll use anybody he can to get to you. But that's a whole other message for a whole other day. So let me move quickly. So after they're beaten and bloody and thrown into a nasty prison and shackled intensely, they start praising. And they couldn't lift up their hands, so God breaks in and then everyone's hands go up because the chains come off. When you start praising, come on somebody, there's something that takes place when you invite God into your situation and he shows up in your situation. Amen. Chains have to come off. Things that had you bound and things that had you shackled have to fall down at your feet. Why? Because you start praising God. Amen. There's, there's several messages I could preach, and you know that out of this passage of Scripture, that when we praise, it opens doors, it changes the culture around us, it sets people free. Come on now, I could preach any, any five of those messages. <laughs> but I don't have time to linger, so I've got to keep moving. God does not intend to leave you in your trial. God does not intend to leave you where you are. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. As a matter of fact, he's going through things with you. And the Bible says that when he forgave your sins, he forgave them all. He, he, didn't, he didn't keep any of them. And, and none of them can be used against you if they're under the blood of Jesus. Amen. All your sins were washed away when you were baptized in Jesus' name. All of your sins have been forgiven. And they're cast into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you. And there are people today under the sound of my voice that God has saved you and God has blessed you. But you have been going through some of the darkest times of your life. Amen. And I know that it seems uh, crazy. I know that it seems a little weird, amen, to, to say you can praise God in your trial, but you can praise God in your trial. Amen. Amen. A few weeks ago, Brother Phillips stood on this stage and we worshiped God together. And Tuesday morning, amen, they took him to the doctor, thought he maybe had a stroke and 
something was not right, and the doctor said, you need to go to the emergency room right away. He gets to the emergency room, and the emergency room said, you've got a tumor on the left side of your brain, and they did more tests, and a little later they found out it was a cancerous tumor, amen, on the left side of his brain, and that's why uh, he wasn't able to function, and, and he seemed pretty normal to the rest of us on Sunday, but Tuesday, amen, showed up, and Tuesday morning he went in, and by Wednesday morning he's in uh, Louisville having brain surgery. But God doesn't intend to leave you in your trial. God doesn't intend to leave you in your test. you got to make up your mind, amen, like Brother Phillips did and Sister Phillips did. I'm going to come out with my hands up. I'm going to come out praising God. It doesn't matter what I have to go through. God's in control, amen. God's got this. I'm going to trust him even though I can't trace him right now. Well... We had a powerful weekend this past weekend with our men. Amen. We learned about being second-mile Christians. <laughs> Come on, men. Second-mile. If you weren't there, you, you gotta, I'm telling you, you got to be there next year. But we had such an incredible time. We, we've got some men in this church that they're willing to go the second mile. Amen. We have some, some men in this church that they said, I want to go the miracle mile, Pastor. I'm willing to give my all for God. Amen. And if you have been going through something and the devil's been on your back, you need to shout it out today. Devil, I'm coming out with my hands up. Come on, I know you're, you're, come on, you're frustrated, you're confused, you're a little upset right now, but you need to declare it with your mouth. Devil, I'm coming out with my hands up, and nothing's going to keep me back. Nothing's going to hold me down. Well, amen. Sometimes we forget that we can praise God through anything. We, we forget it. I, I mean, we just, we just go through it, well, you know, if only Pastor knew what I was going through right now. I read this uh, story in an article uh, several years ago, and it's never, I've never been able to get away from it. Uh, it's talking about how God brings fresh praise out of both tragedy and glory, as illustrated in, in the story uh, by the, the, this hymn writer, Luther Bridgers. He began preaching at age 17. He was a young student at Asbury College in Kentucky. He was a young Methodist minister of unusual zeal and evangelism. In 1910, the future looked bright for the 26-year-old preacher who by then now has a young wife and three children. The Bridgers family was visiting Miss Bridgers' parents at, in Harrodsburg, Kentucky, and the family retired for the night, and the neighbor noticed that there were flames coming from the house, and so uh, he roused Mrs. Bridgers' parents and Luther, but the rest of the family members were beyond reach. And the young pastor lost his wife and children. And in the awful days of sorrow that followed, Luther remembered that God offered songs of comfort in the night as he read Psalm 42 and verse 8. And that God would never forsake him. And it was during this period that Luther wrote the words and the music that we have probably sung so many times. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still, in all of life's ebb and flow. Come on, somebody. 
You lose your whole family and you can sing, there's within my heart a melody. Amen. I want you to know in this fourth stanza, he even refers to his own experience and he says, though sometimes he leads me through waters deep, trials fail, uh, fall across the way. In the darkest night, in the depths of despair, God gave Luther Bridgers this song that has blessed millions and millions of people. Out of a pit came a song of blessing. Out of the darkest time of his life, amen, came the inspiration for what God wanted to do, not just in him, but in everybody around him. No matter what you have to go through, you can come out with your hands up. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You can come out with your hands up. I know the devil's lied to you. I know he's sitting on your shoulder today saying, but if he only knew, come on, somebody, you can come out with your hands up. You can come out of it praising God. You can come out of it and God can get the glory. Amen. Amen. In Daniel chapter 3, we read the story of Nebuchadnezzar and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. And, and the scripture tells us in verse 28, blessed be the God, Nebuchadnezzar is saying this, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own. He said, therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the, the God of Rakshak and Benny shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. And then I want you to notice something that happened. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now, I want you to notice with me, Rakshak and Benny, they came out of the fire praising God and bringing God glory, but it didn't start after they got out of the fire. It started while they were in the fire. They started praising while they were in the fire. You want some homework? Read Daniel chapter 3 for yourself this week and see. They were praising God in the middle of the fire. They were praising God in the middle of the trial. Why? Because, amen, there's power when you say, I'm going to throw my hands up. I'm not going to let anything hold me back. I don't care what it looks like right now or what I'm facing. God is in control. Amen. They had told Nebuchadnezzar, our God's going to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're coming out with our hands up. Come on, somebody. Well, I know. I know. There's so much. I could, I could, I could preach all day on this. I, I'm trying to hurry. I know some of you, you got, you know, lunch to get to, so trying to hurry. got promoted because they decided I'm going to praise God in the middle of this. Amen. I didn't ask her if I could share this, but I'm going to share it anyways. You can forgive me later. My wife's really nervous. It's not about you, honey. This is about Lisa. Lisa texted me on Thursday, and she said, Pastor, because she, she, when we made our advanced commitment for our leaders, Lisa made her commitment, and then uh, last Sunday when she made her, we, we made the new commitment, she made a, a different commitment, a, a larger commitment. And she was, she's, God's blessed her, she's uh, very talented, she's very smart, she's gotten uh, all the way through college, she's been blessed with a good job, and her sisters are like, really? I mean, that's her first job? Like, you don't, you don't understand, you know, that job envy there. Yeah, it's, it's really, like, first job, you know, and, some of them, yeah, my first job was McDonald's, you know, and 
but, but Lisa's got a good job, and she was due to be evaluated in a couple months, and she walks in, and Thursday, they gave her an 8.8% raise. She hasn't even given her greater offering yet. She just committed, I'm going to do it. She walks in, and two months early, they say, oh, we're promoting. We're, we're giving you a raise. Well, yeah, that's what happens. When you say, you know what, I'm not letting anything, I'm, I'm not le- letting what it looks like. <laughs> well, pastor, you know, that, that's, that's nice for her because she's got a good job and blah, 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 blah. But, it, you know, it wouldn't work for me. You know, Lisa's been, she's been like sending me these little messages. How can I save more money and how can I do this and how can I give more money to the church? And I'm like, Lisa, chill, you know. But she's wanting to be a good steward. She's trying to be a better steward so that she can give more to God. And God honored that. God blessed that. Amen. And, and now you, some of you say, well, I thought we were talking about praising God. and just That is worship. That is worship. Worship, <laughs> worship puts our money where our mouth is. Our, our lifestyle measures up to what we actually say. Well, I'm going to move off of that because that's not really, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting too deep today. But the world, the devil, and our flesh will negotiate with us. There's, there's like endless negotiations going on. And they will allow you to attend church, but they don't want you to really get too involved. They, they don't want you to live victoriously or sell out all the way or, or go the extra mile. Come on, guys. They don't want you. They, they, oh, that was men's retreat. But this is Sunday morning, and it's just pastor. It's not Brother Dean. Come on. Come on now. But I'm going to go the second mile. I'm going to go the second. Why? Because I have decided I'm not going to let the devil, I'm not going to let my sinful flesh, I'm not going to let this world negotiate me out of coming out with my hands up. I don't care what I'm facing right now. It doesn't matter the, how high the mountain seems. I'm going to come out today. And if you're going to come out today, you're going to have to make a statement of faith that says, I'm coming out. And guess what? I'm coming out with my hands up. Amen? I wish somebody in this place today would make up their mind, I'm coming out and my family's coming with me. I'm coming out and I don't care what the devil tries to do to stop us. We're coming out and we're coming out with our hands up. I know what it looks like, but I'm coming out. Come on. I know what you heard, but I'm coming out. It seems like there's no hope, Pastor, but I'm coming out. The devil tried to block me today, but I'm, I'm coming out. Amen. My flesh tried to stop me from getting a service, but I'm coming out. I don't know how God's going to work it out, but I'm coming out. Come on, somebody. You need to make up in your mind. I'm not staying here one more day. I'm coming out today, and I'm coming out with my hands up. Psalm 63 says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Did you get that? Amen. Verse 4 says, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will Lift up my hands in thy name. What I'm telling you today is not just made up. It's not just coming out with praise. There's something physically that happens whenever you lift your hands up. That's why the scripture says, lift up your hands. 
Amen. Lift up. Come on, lift up your hand. I wonder if, if you can't, don't do it. But if you can, I wonder if you just lift up your hands just right now and just practice. Go ahead. Just practice. Look at that. Look at what happens when you lift your hands. Something just took place, amen, in your spirit. You want more scripture? Psalm 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Sometimes it's a sacrifice, amen. Sometimes it's difficult, but I'm going to lift up my hands. Verse uh, 6 of uh, Psalm 143, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land, Selah. What is he saying? He's saying, look, I'm going to lift up my hands. I'm thirsty for more. I want more, amen. I've got to have more of you. Amen. I'm coming out with my hands up. Now, what does that mean, with my hands up? Well, there's two things. First of all, I'm coming out with my hands up means I'm surrendered to God. The first reason we come out with our hands up is to show surrender to God, not anyone or anything else. You know, that's why you got, you got these, these rappers and these uh, you know, artists, they're like, okay, everybody get your hands up, right? Why? Because there's something about raising up your hands. It's like a, it's like a surrender. And, and when God first began to deal with me about this service, he impressed me that it would be a surrender service. At the time, I wasn't really sure what that meant. Now I do. I didn't know this was the message I was going to preach. If you surrender to God, you can do like Moses and Israel. You can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. If you're surrendered, God's got it. If you're surrendered and you've completely given it to God, it doesn't matter what comes your way. Amen. You might have a cancerous tumor on your brain. You could be like, mm, yeah, I don't know, but God's got it. God's got it. Amen. Came, I, I, was, I was a little nervous. I'm going to be honest. I was a little nervous. I walked in the recovery room, and Sister Phillips said, Winston, you know who that is? He said, that's my pastor. Come on, somebody. When, you, when God's in control and you surrender to him, there's something about that. You can just trust that God's got everything. If you'll surrender it all, you can hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. Amen. Rakshak and Benny told the king, our God's going to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're not worshiping any other God. We're not surrendering to anybody else. We've submitted to the Almighty. We're not afraid of the consequences. We surrender to his purpose and his will in our lives. Paul and Silas decided if they were going to be beaten and bruised for Jesus' sake, they'd just go ahead and praise him in the middle of it. <laughs> Paul had learned the secret of coming out. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, even in the prison. I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. When you surrender to God, it's like, God, here I am. I'm not holding anything back. So the first thing that we have to do when we come out with our hands up is we're surrendered to God. The second thing when we come out with our hands up is we, when we lift up our hands, we're praising God for the victory. Amen. We're praising God for the victory. Paul and Silas didn't know what God was up to. They just knew that he was worthy of their praise. They, they didn't know what God was going to do. So with joy in their heart and a song on their lips, they began to praise God even though their backs were bleeding. And I'm sure they were in...
a very a large amount of pain, but the Bible says they begin to praise God and the prisoners heard them. See what happens when you begin to praise God in the middle of your trial, in, in the peak of your problem, you're already on your way out. You're already, because the devil can't hold somebody. Well, I'm going to preach for just a minute. The devil can't hold somebody that doesn't get miserable when they go through something. The devil can't, come on, the devil can't bind somebody that won't get all frustrated and confused and quit on God even though they're going through the middle of a trial. When they're smiling and singing and loving God and praising God, amen, the devil says, I'm not going to mess with them anymore. Why? Because you're already starting to come out. The devil doesn't want to have any part of that. There's something that takes place when you decide, I'm going to praise God in my pain. Whenever you praise God, you're already on your way out. No chains of fear, no chains of intimidation or bondage can hold you down when you praise God in your pain. I wish somebody here today would make up in your mind, I'm going to praise God. It might hurt. Amen. It might really uh, really be hard for me to push today, but I'm going to praise God. Even though I'm going through this, I'm going to praise God. I'm not going to stop. Amen. I'm going to allow God to do whatever he wants to do in my life. Like Rakshak and Benny, even if he delivers us or if he doesn't, I'm going to praise him. Amen. It doesn't matter what I go through. I'm surrendered to him. I'm praising him. Amen. And it may seem like the odds are against you. And it may seem like it's hopeless. And it may seem like all is lost. But you're coming out. You're coming out, so get your hands up. Come on, somebody. You're coming out, so put your hands in the air and say, God, I'm surrendered to you. God, I'm praising you and you only. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm almost finished. Psalm 134 verse 2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. Anybody remember that? <laughs> Amen. I was telling Jessica the other day, I said, there's a couple of those old ones we haven't sung in a while. Amen. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. Why do we lift our hands in the sanctuary? Because we want to bless the Lord. There's something powerful that takes place when people say, we're coming out together. When the whole congregation says, we're coming out, amen, when Israel decided, we're going to follow Moses and God, we're going to follow the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, we're going to follow, and we're coming out, amen, we're coming out together, we're going to leave this place together, I want you to lift up your hands today in the sanctuary, I want you to lift up your hands, amen, before this service is over and say, God, I'm coming out and uh, I'm bringing everybody with me, amen, I'm going to have my friends, I'm going to have my family, I'm going to have my love loved ones with me. Amen. When God impressed me to preach this today, I was kind of like, okay. Well, that was a message that I wrote and preached a little over 12 years ago. I haven't preached it one time since. And I knew it had to do with surrender, so I was like, okay, that's great, because it kind of goes along with everything else God really kind of impressed me about the service. But I was kind of like, you know, God, don't you know this is our first fruits Sunday? Why, why wouldn't you give me a message that could go along with that? Wouldn't that be awesome? So then I began to study and read, and this is what I found. Leviticus 29, verse 9 in the New American Standard Bible says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, 
when you enter the land which I am going to give you to, uh, to you and reap its harvest, then, get this, you shall bring in the sheaf of the firstfruits of your harvest to the priest. You're going to bring the firstfruits. And he shall weigh the sheaf before the Lord for you to be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Now, on the day when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb one year old without defect for a burnt offering to the Lord. Do you know how you wave a wave offering? That's how you wave a wave offering. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, yes, but I'm not the priest. Are you sure? I, I, I think the first fruits offering required not only sacrifice, but it also required hands to be raised in the offering. Hands to be lifted in the offering. And I know that, there, that here it's referring to the priest, but did you know that 1 Peter 2.5 says that we are a royal priesthood? Well, guess what that means? That means you don't have to just give it to the priest. Now you are a royal priesthood. You can bring your first fruits and you can wave it yourself, amen, before the Lord. So we are all able to bring our first fruits and we're all able to sacrifice and wave it unto the Lord. This church has been through a few things, but we're coming out today. Come on, somebody. And we're coming out with our hands up. We're not coming out dismayed. We're not coming out frustrated. We're not coming out confused. We're coming out with our hands up. We're going to offer up ourselves first and our sacrificial offering in a few minutes. And we're going to say, God, we want this to be acceptable to you. We're surrendered to you. We're praising you and you only. Here it is, God. We give you our first fruits. When I saw that, I said, God, you're so cool. You are really cool to just put all that together. I had no idea what he was doing. I wish he would have just given it to me all at one time, but it had to be like, you know, three weeks ago and then two weeks and then this week and even last night I was finishing up and I said, I just said, God, you are so awesome to bring all this together. Whatever situation you are in right now, you can come out. I, I know that there are serious situations in the house today and uh, you, 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 there's some family issues and uh, there's some things going on maybe in your, in your physical body. Maybe you've got some, some serious financial uh, concerns that you're dealing with right now. I, I believe this with all my heart. I believe that as we get our stewardship right, our financial problems, and I'm, I'm not saying the churches, churches finance, God's going to take care of the church. I'm saying personally, as we get our stewardship right, I believe that God is going to honor his word and the finances that we have been struggling with, that struggle is going to disappear. Amen. Because you cannot outgive God. And so as we surrender to him, amen, whatever situation you're in, you can come out. So if you're going through something and you're not afraid to admit, you know what? I want God to move in my situation. Now, I want you to just pay attention. I'm getting ready to close right now. If you are willing to admit it right now, God, I'm going through something and I want to come out. If you're willing to admit that, would you just raise your hand up right now? Look at all these hands that are raised. Just look around. All right, you're willing to admit it. Now look, we got, look, look around, look around at the people that are close to you. This is what's going to happen. We're, we're going to, in just a few moments, this is what I want to happen. This is what the scripture says, Hebrews 12 and 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Some of y'all are weak. Some of y'all are, are nervous, you're scared, your hands are hanging down, and 
feels like you can't. We're going we're to pray for each other today. Amen. We're going to see God do some great things. And so as their hands go up today, and, and we're going to close out in just a few minutes. But when we close out, this is what I want. When their hands go up, whether they're at the altar or they're at their seat, this is what I want to happen. I want you to look around. And as their hands go up, I want you to go over and I want you to lift up their hands. As their hands go up, just go ahead and support those hands and, and pray for them. And, and maybe, uh, you, you know, somebody prays for you, and then after you feel strengthened, I want you to go and pray for somebody else. And you say, why, why should we do that? Because the Bible commands us to lift up the hands which hang down. You're not supposed to try to do this all by yourself. You have to do this, amen, with the power of God and with the help of those that God has placed in your life. And I want you, when you pray for them, I want you to pray in faith that God is moving in their life, that God is moving in their situation right now. Amen. And so God uh, is going to lift up their hands. God is going to strengthen their hands today. And as you lift up their hands, I want you just to pray and believe, amen, that they are coming out and that God is going to move through their life. I wonder if you just stand with me today. For those of you that are here, Maybe this is your very first time, and you wonder, you know, why, why, why is everybody so crazy? Why do they get so wound up about this? Because we've seen what God can do. We know what God is able to do. Amen. There are those of you that you're, you're frustrated today because things aren't going your way. Amen. Or, or, or somebody that you've been reaching for, loving for, they've been, they've been hurting you or they, they've disappointed you over and over and over and you, you feel like there's no hope for you. And, and so you may be saying today, Pastor, I've got a heavy heart, but I do. I want to come out. There may be those of you today that you would say, Pastor, my finances are messed up and I really need a miracle, but I'm coming out. I wonder if somebody in this place today would just have the faith to believe. Is this something that we just make up? Is this something that we just fabricate? Or if, if not, if this is truly actually the Word of God, that praise and worship, surrender to God, can turn everything around, why not give it a try today? How many of you are nervous right now? Anybody nervous? Nobody's nervous? Oh, you're, you're smiling if you're nervous, I know couple of you are nervous. You know what God wants to do? God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost today. You know what else God wants to do? God wants to give somebody strength to believe that he's, he's got everything under control. You're going through something right now, and you don't, see, you don't see any way out of it. There may be marriage situations, and you don't know how God's going to put it together. God can handle it. He's put more marriages back together than any psychiatrist, than any uh, clinic that tries to help people. He, he, you know, people that are these fertility clinics and people that help people have, he's, he has provided and spoke babies to people like Abraham and Sarah who were beyond the age of childbearing. He's able. You need a miracle? Well, man, he's raised people from the dead. Not just in Bible days, he's raised people in our days. So, with a God like that, why wouldn't we put all of our trust in Him? Why wouldn't we surrender to Him? Why wouldn't we lift up our hands and say, God, you're able, whatever you want to do. So today, 
this is what I want you to do. This, op- this altar's open, and I want those who are coming, I want you to just come out and say, you know, God, my, my relative's headed down a path of destruction, but I'm coming out with my hands up. My sickness is trying to claim my life or the life of somebody that I love, but I'm coming out with my hands up. My marriage may be falling apart right now, but God, I'm coming out with my hands up. I don't understand, God, why I have to endure what I have to endure, but I'm going to come out with my hands up. The devil might have thought he had me today, but I'm coming out with my hands up. And some of you, you just need to beat your flesh down because it's that pride that keeps you from completely surrendering. And you need to say, my flesh is not going to win. I'm coming out with my hands up. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, I wonder if there's some people that would step out of your seat and just walk down here today and just lift up your hands. I wonder if you just lift up your hands and say, God, I I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust that you're going to do it. 